Who knows how to say most valuable player? <laughs> yes. El jugador más valioso. Very good. El jugador más valioso. What about three championships? Yes. Tres campeonatos. Excelente. Tres campeonatos. What about most dominant center ever? Yes. Yao Ming. Yao Ming? Bill Russell? Go to the principal's office. Password. Don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events, big and small, famed and forgotten, from... 1994. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this happened one year. <laughs> it Not happened the... one year. I, know, I don't know why. I always feel like this. Oh, this is It Happened One Year. That's oh, that been... sounds like things you've said before on the podcast. That's what's out there. That's what's <laughs> existing. Well, here we go. 1994. We're still coming up with stuff to talk about. Yeah. Honestly, so, five episodes was all I thought we had. No, this episode, we were just kind of thinking, oh, maybe we'll talk a little bit. And then we realized while talking on the couch, we had enough information about the focus of today's episode to do an entire episode because this person had the greatest 1994 of all time. There were two main components of this that almost ended up as their own episodes. One was if I ever were to win the dealer's choice, which I never do, uh, I would absolutely want to talk about this one movie. And the other thing was this oddball circumstance of uh, an album reaching platinum, which in and of itself, not that interesting. But both of these things combine around the big Aristotle himself. Number 34, Apparently, the greatest 1994 of all time. Can you believe it? We've talked about a fair amount of 1994 between ourselves and with all of you. And at this point, uh, Shaquille O'Neal has not come up, which is ridiculous. Uh, I think really it's that there was a void in 94 because Jordan had retired and he had now been out of basketball for a year at this point. And he was off playing baseball and neatly sliding into that void. The one and only Shaquille O'Neal, who decided to come into 94 and do it all. It was so much stuff. So he started with the Magic in 92. So he had been in the league for a couple of years and apparently was so good in his first year that literally anyone who made anything was like, can I make a Shaq version of this? And that's what he did. That's what everyone did. Yeah, he was like a pop culture icon. Like, I remember Shaq being a big deal at this point, but I guess I never really stepped back and reflected on how this led to him doing so many different things in 94 that like Michael Jordan was doing commercials and he then eventually did Space Jam. But it's not like Michael Jordan was doing any random thing that people offered him. Like he was still, I think, primarily about the basketball. And really, once Shaq gave up on all of these side projects, he then started winning championships. And I mean, maybe it required him to leave the magic and other things down the road. So it makes some sense. But also he was just very distracted by just the fun of being Shaquille O'Neal and what that would get him into. And in 94, it got him into a lot. Oh, yeah. Should we go through the list? So first off, I know what you're all thinking. 1994 Shaquille O'Neal. When are we going to talk about blue chips? Well, we're saving blue chips until the end. So we'll talk blue chips after the break. Know that we did not forget about the Nick Nolte masterpiece that is blue chips. So we just want to talk about everything short of that first. And probably not so much about his basketball, right? No, what, do you, I, what do you have on Shaq's basketball in 94? 
I remember he played for the Magic, and yeah. my grandmother lived in Orlando. That's all. That's, that's not all enough. Yeah, no, that's not going to do <laughs> no, it. I, like I knew he was, I knew his name. I kind of remember him getting big just because he was on the news. But when we started going through everything that Shaq did in 94, I was like, oh, I did not know any of this. Yeah, well, very quickly, uh, the Magic had only been in existence for a couple of years. They were an expansion team. And when Shaq gets there, he was the first pick in 92. They made the playoffs for the first time in the spring of 94. So that's something. Basketball-wise, at big least deal. he's got that. They, they got swept, right? Yeah. They got swept in the first round of the playoffs. Womp, womp. So that was it for uh, Shaq's basketball in 94. But he was, at this point, already putting up Shaq-style numbers. It was just he was with Orlando, and they were in that conference. And even with Jordan out of the league, Orlando wasn't going to go barreling their way through to the uh, to the finals. Now, they did make the finals the following year, 95, and Jordan had come back. And Orlando was the team that beat the, the Jordan Bulls. And they were the last team to beat the Jordan Bulls in the playoffs. So basketball-wise... That's about it. And I mean, as fun as Shaq was to watch play and, you know, even at that time and later, great, great talent on the court. We're talking about Shaq's uh, totality of, of entertainment in 94. I, I don't even know where to begin because there's honestly so much. Do you want to just go chronologically? Just what think, jump off from? I think we should talk about all of it, but let's just rattle off the genres in which Shaq worked in 1994. Okay. So he was in music because he had an album go platinum and he had an album that got released. He was in books or literature as he published a book called Shaq Attack that year. He was in video games because he published a video game that year. He was an actor as we discussed and he was involved in professional wrestling. So Shaq was featured everywhere. Did I miss anything? I mean, Shaq was doing commercials. You had, uh, there was a Shaq action figure, uh, a Shaction figure, if you will. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was everywhere. Apparently Shaq was, was really a conglomerate unto himself in 94. But no, that, I mean, he covered all of entertainment. Uh, oh. I think probably what we have least to talk about, because I honestly couldn't find any sales figures or anything, was his half-assed biography, Shaq Attack which is spelled A-T-T-A-Q. Of course, and it with was... an exclamation point. Well, I mean, he had been in the league for two years. Yeah, the book is about, I believe, his rookie year. Like, I think it's just that, which, okay. I mean, I guess- Fascinating. His... Yeah, I can't imagine what's in that book, but it is available anywhere you can buy books on the internet. So be sure to seek it out. I have no idea what its sales were like. Uh, Jack McCallum was the co-writer. So Jack McCallum wrote that book. And he he did write a lot of basketball- nonfiction book. He wrote the dream team book and he wrote a book on Dan Jansen, who we've already talked about uh, yes. this year. So he was an accomplished writer. So it's probably a pretty entertaining book. No, that's all. I have nothing else to add. Yes. That's all he I did got. write a book. Uh, so if you go through his Wikipedia page, they list like his awards and his filmography, and then they list his bibliography. And one of those things is this book. It's yeah. not the only thing in that category. Assuming the chef has a bibliography feels weird to me because that's what research papers have. Jack wrote some stuff. It's amazing if you look at the totality of his career, the amount of things he ended up doing, because this is just the beginning. Blue Chips is his first movie. So, I mean, he's at the beginning of his career. He's only yeah. 22, I think, in 1994. So he's he's got a lot still to come. And he ultimately does, you know, he has TV shows and he has movies and, and more books. And there's a sequel to his video game. But the video game, the first version, uh, called the third worst video game of all time by Nintendo Power in 1997, Shaq-Fu Return. Man. Which was the name of the album he released that year too. Yeah, I guess it was probably all one big tie-in yeah, together. Yeah. He really wanted to uh, cross-promote. So we did try to preview what the video game was. Like, was it a like 
Mario style or, you know, uh, what, what are they called? First person shooter you know, games. A first or... person shooter where he's just throwing yeah. basketballs at people. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know. What is it? It is a, it's not even kind of like Mortal Kombat. It is Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, but Shaq is one of the characters. That's basically yeah. what it is. I think there's like six or seven playable characters in a couple different locations, but it very much just looks like a fighting game. What can be so wrong with that game that it's the third worst game of all time? Like, it's just a fighting game. Like, even if it's dull, even if it doesn't have like the cool Mortal Kombat fatalities, well, how bad can it possibly be? Like, the little videos we watch, like it's a little dull watching people play that sort of game, but. I think my mom had multiple games for the Nintendo around this time where she just played pinball. <laughs> like those on. are rated higher <laughs> i would assume i mean if nintendo power scene is the third worst ever i'm guessing that her nintendo pinball game is is not below that there's yeah. only two games that could be below that i feel like maybe they were just you know taking it to shack fu because of the branding that if it was just another stupid fighting game everybody would have just forgotten about it yeah but because he's running around fighting monsters in a basketball jersey some people thought that was ridiculous yeah and it didn't even look like a real jersey. It just said Shaq across the front. Yeah. As though he played for his own team. Yes. Well, I guess the point of the game, what is it? Like he's in Tokyo. <laughs> he's trying to get to like a charity game. So he's wearing yeah. his Shaq jersey. For his all-star charity game. So not only is he a Mortal Kombat style fighter, he's also a really good dude trying to raise some money. That's all. Shaq just trying to be a good guy. Way to go, Shaq Fu. And then he fights some monsters. Good for him. Yeah. So yes, Shaq Fu, which came out that fall, supposedly horrible. And then, like, two weeks later would be, I believe, the Shaq Fu album. Yeah. But, oh, the album is called Shaq Fu to Return. I don't think the video game... I think the video game is just Shaq Fu. I didn't think so either, but you said it was, so I wanted to... I think that's actually right. This cleans that up. <laughs> Problem solved. Just but a couple out. weeks later was Shaq Fu to Return, which was his second rap album. Yes. That actually came out in 94. Yeah, amazing that dude put out an album in 93 and an album in 94. While he was a major basketball player. How he was spending time on his weekends to just apparently write up these albums. But yeah, his first album, uh, Shaq Diesel, came out in the fall of 93 and actually had some singles. Like that album goes platinum March of 1994. And really, just think about this. Shaquille O'Neal, a basketball player, <laughs> recorded a platinum rap album in 94. Now look, at I was listening to a fair amount of rap music around this time. And I never considered, I never heard any of Shaq's rap music. I, I can't believe it was that popular. I cannot believe a, a million people bought that album. <laughs> yeah, no, with you. Although if you go and listen to the album, as we did a little bit, um, it sounds kind of like a, um, like a Tupac album, but like the popular songs that Tupac would put out, like the, the singles, because it was like super produced, guessing Shaq did not write those songs either. Although, as we were reading up on Shaq, he does a lot of diss tracks. Like, uh, to this day, like, within the last couple of years, he has gone to clubs and, like, been in diss rap battles and gotten into trouble for it. He said some really terrible stuff about Kobe, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago in a diss battle. And he was like, oh, that's what, that's what you know, rappers do. Shaquille O'Neal, who is a basketball player. But, uh, yeah, he... I think he can really rap. And as you listen to it, it just, it sounds like a mediocre rapper, like a fine rapper, but it's also kind of sounds like Shaq. Yeah. It doesn't sound like completely amateur stuff. Like no. it's okay. But it, again, like to your point, it is very produced and the Shaq Fu album, at least uh, I think uh Redman from the Wu-Tang clan is in there as a producer and Eric Sermon from EPMD and Warren G himself were producers on this album. So, and you can tell like it's, 
the lyrics are stupid. Like there's a lot of songs about basketball that probably don't belong in just, you know, fun rap music, but it's okay. Like the beats are kind of fun, you know? And I think there's a lot of songs about how awesome Shaq is, which fair enough. Yeah. One of the big singles from that album was called I'm Outstanding, where Shaq does not uh, display a ton of modesty. We're good for him and his confidence. Yeah. You know what? You know what men in our society are lacking? Confidence. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, if he was going to go and uh, put out diss tracks about LeVar Ball and Kobe, I guess you got to have a lot of confidence. That's you true. come at Kobe, you best not miss. I think that was what Omar said on The Wire. <laughs> so, but no, I, I can't remember distinctly another athlete putting out an album that hit platinum. I, I can't even believe that such a thing is possible. Like, no. I don't, this isn't a, a genre that I would necessarily follow. And I know currently that Damian Lillard is kind of a rapper that plays for Portland. And Damian Lillard is really good, but all his like raps that I've ever heard are on Hulu commercials. <laughs> so I don't actually know if he's talented or if that's just, I really like that hook. He's Joe says it all the time. Hulu doesn't just have live sports. It's a lifestyle. Oh my God. That's right. Dame time. Boom. Quarantine. Too many commercials. I do like quoting commercials. Everybody knows this one. Ah, French vanilla, Rocky road, you know, Chocolate peanut butter cookie dough. Everybody knows it. Yeah, I do know that one. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know of any athletes who had a platinum selling album. I don't even know that that's a thing. Uh, but Shaq Diesel was like the 100th highest selling album in 1994. It's amazing. So, amazing. Good for him. Again, this is just a little corner of Shaq's world in 94. He has yeah. the video game. He's putting out albums. Shaq Attack. But really, what was the most fun? That's right. It was Shaq at WCW Bash at the Beach. The title belt to the winner in the big main event. Hulkamania is back in the WCW. That's right. Everybody knows that Shaq is the man on the court. And I'm going to fight Ric Flair. And when that's all said and done, I'm going to be the man. That right, Shaq? That's right. I'm going to give the belt to the winner. You know what I want you to do to Ric Flair? Rip him to smithereens. Like, ah, I'll rip him apart. I'll rip him apart. Be there. Yeah, apparently he got into wrestling and he was there and presented an award. Yeah, he, well, I think he gave out a belt. I don't think he presented an award. <laughs> <laughs> Best wrestler. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what the belt is? I guess so. It's not exactly. Best supporting wrestler. <laughs> Do they put it over their, like, around their neck, like the Congressional Medal of Honor or whatever? Yeah. Like, and they needed check because he's so tall and those wrestlers are big guys. You know. Yeah, exactly. You got to go behind them. Yeah. Yeah, no, apparently he would pop up at various WCW events in 1994. But he doesn't really wrestle, I think probably because he didn't want to like damage his knees, do something. Mm -hmm. And over the years, he has still apparently popped up at wrestling events from time to time up until recent years. Just a nonstop juggernaut of entertainment in 94. Is there anyone who's ever had a better year than Shaq had in 94? I mean, the weird thing is that we seem to have said that about people already in 94. <laughs> and clearly, Sorry. no, Shaq is it. She's having the best year ever in 94. Like if yeah. they had just won a championship, if the Magic had won, that would have been it. But no, basketball-wise, he did fine. How many championships does Shaq have? He won four. He won three oh. with the Lakers and then one with the Heat. Good so, Yeah. And that was part of the whole Kobe-Shaq thing after Shaq left LA was Shaq would kind of taunt him that he couldn't win a championship without him. Kobe did eventually win some championships without him in the late aughts. Yeah. But yeah, that was always one of the things was that that first dynasty is mostly attributed to Shaq more than so than Kobe. Yeah. Which again, probably chafed Kobe because he's still Kobe. And then eventually they did win a couple more uh, down the road. 
But yeah, Shaq, great basketball player. Pretty good rapper. Okay, actor. Unclear on what kind of author he is. I, you know, I guess we have to get a copy of that book. I think it's like a tight, like two fifteen. Like it's not, it's not a long book. There's sixteen pages of pictures. You know, <laughs> we can just assign that to you to read. Um, uh, however, I do think we can say that he is mediocre at designing video games. I mean, I think that seems to be the universal opinion. If no matter how much say he had in that, it clearly was a mistake. Uh, I don't think Shaq Fu totally worked out. What I'm surprised is that he didn't just come out with a like super Shaq Brothers game where it was like him and he was wearing a red overalls and like his brother, like Shaq 2, wearing green overalls. And yeah. They were trying to save the princess <laughs> Shakita. Yep. And it's just Shaq wearing a dress. Yes. Like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Like yes. that's the princess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Bowser clearly is Kobe. Like that would be <laughs> what it is. So. That would all make sense. Uh, that would have been better. Da- way down the road, there was a sequel to the video game, which also is supposed to be terrible. Um, I don't think it's just a straight fighting game. Maybe it is. It's Shaq Fu 2. I don't even know. But apparently somebody made a, created a mod of it where they could like put it online and like change it around. And it was called Barack Fu. And it was about <laughs> Barack Obama like fighting oh my crime. God. Yeah, That's so, amazing. That sounds like it's probably pretty entertaining. I don't, That's I a game I would play. Yeah, I didn't look up to see if there's a video of walkthrough of that one. But uh, if you're out there, I guess Google Barack Fu and see what comes up. Probably fun. I think at one point he fights in space. Oh, my God. Of course he does. Barack Fu in space. Well, that's all of the prelude to what I really I wanted to talk about. Like, I'd like I wanted to talk about Shaq Diesel because I think it's just such a strange story. But when we come back after the break, we get to talk about the second best basketball movie ever. Oof. And I'm I'm leaving some leeway for Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, God. Or, I mean, is there another? I don't, what else is there? That's it. That's the whole list. Hoosiers? Hoosiers is fine. <laughs> you know what Hoosiers is really missing? Uh, werewolves or Shaquille O'Neal. We'll be right back. <laughs> we don't buy athletes. All the other schools are doing it, Coach. We owe the best money. I figure about 30 grand, like to have it in cash. Did you cheat? He bought him, Charlie. I know he bought him. Did you take money? We owe it to him! Nick Nolte and Shaquille O'Neal. Blue Chips, rated PG-13, starts Friday, February 18th at theaters everywhere. Okay, and we're back. We're here to continue our conversation about Shaq with what is maybe his most accessible success of 1994 i would say uh the movie blue chips yes shaq plays a basketball player yes shaq's range uh at this point was limited basically to singing about being a basketball player writing about being a basketball player and now obviously acting as a basketball player classic And Shaq is supposed to be a, you know, high school, an older, like return, or I'm sorry, college, like a return to college kind of guy. So he's supposed to be older than everyone, but he looks like a 40 year old man because he's a gajillion feet tall. Well, I mean, and that does, I guess, I guess that takes away from the reality of what's going on, but it's not really that kind of movie. But yeah, his character was supposed to have been in the army. So he's supposed to have been, it would make then sense that he's going right to college. He's clearly not a freshman. He doesn't look 17. No. So Blue Chips, Joe, from your perspective, is it Shaq's greatest movie? I think there's actually no question it's Shaq's greatest movie. Like he did appear in some other stuff 
like in very small parts later where he was playing either in like Adam Sandler movies, he played little parts or he did voice work and some stuff. Yeah. But as far as Shaq's live action film career where he's playing a character, there's only three or four movies, I think, really that fit that. And this is easily the best of those movies, like without question. A movie I'd like to point out, The Rotten Tomatoes has at a solid 37%. Well, okay, so here's my thing with Blue Chips. I think the internal logic is very confusing because like a, we're just, I mean, we're just assuming that we spoil all the movies we talk about on It Happened One Year, correct? So if you haven't seen it, you've had since 1994 to see it. So get on it. Yeah. Um, but like the the main character, the the coach or whatever, he like, he has all these like moral issues with lot cheating, but he'll lie to anyone, including his his wife who or ex-wife who he loves. So, so even that, I think, which is one of the driving forces of the plot, especially at the end, very illogical doesn't doesn't really track with me that's fair i mean i don't think that this is supposed to be hoosiers you know like this isn't a a hard-bitten drama based in any sort of real reality like i think the plot the about cheating and about point shaving and then this illegal recruiting that's all based in in real stuff that happens and that's all legitimate but the movie is so amped up from right from the beginning, like is that movie is operating on a, like an 11 all the time that it's hard to really take it as a serious, serious look at basketball. You know, you raise a good point. The The best thing about this movie is the first, what, 120 seconds, what, five minutes, maybe <laughs> the, I was we were just cracking up because the movie starts. It's like paramount logo like blue chips some credits and then all of a sudden nick nolte is just screaming like he's just letting every and you don't know why you don't know what's happening you don't know where in the game they are it it reads kind of like he's read that we've wrapped a game and we've done badly but no they have not started a game yet and he's just telling them they're terrible and he get, keeps going like it's so much energy in the first like five minutes that i would say it you, you know you kind of said this is the tone for the rest of the movie but i actually disagree which is why i think the movie doesn't fully hold up because you're ready for some like just two hours of amped up yelling and it is like 40 minutes of amped up yelling within the two hours yeah i mean i think that the, the way i always remember this movie because i've seen this movie i don't know a hundred times i have no idea i used to watch this movie when it was on tv it was the kind of movie where if you it was on you started watching it and then you just kept watching it because it was just yeah. that exciting a movie so I remember it as being just Nick Nolte screaming for two hours. And it's not. I mean, they do have all these recruiting sequences. And it's 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 a more of a film where it tries to, you know, build some characters. Most of the characters are pretty flat. Like, there's not big round. Nobody has arcs, you know. The no. biggest arc, I guess, is Shaq, like, and his bet to take the SATs, <laughs> which lasts, like, five minutes. Like, you know, when you find out he just was, he was throwing it before he because he didn't care. He just thought they were racist, which you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah, but otherwise, no, like Coach Bell is the only one with an arc where stuff actually happens and he kind of changes as a person. But yeah, but yeah, I mean that movie starts just real out of the gate, just blaring, and it's just it is, wild. It is one of the best like first five minutes of a movie I've ever seen. It's yeah. just it's phenomenal because you're like, what am I watching? This is this is a lot, yeah. and but in in a wonderful way. Yeah, I think basketball is hard as a. Sp- Sport for a movie and I, I mean I've kind of written about this in the past that team sports just don't make for great movies because it's too hard to latch on to characters mm-hmm. and you have too much going on there's too many important things like there's not really a lot of team sports where you can key around one athlete and make it a real 
dramatic thing. It just doesn't really work that way. That's yeah. why most of like really great sports movies tend to be like boxing movies or something where there's just one person that you can you know go yeah. with. Can I agree with you and offer an outlier? Sure. A team sport, a smaller team, but a team sport nonetheless that I think is a great sports movie. Cool Runnings. <laughs> cool. Cool Runnings is a great movie. Fantastic movie. I mean, there are team sports movies that are really good. Like A League of Their Own is a great movie. Like no, any way you look at it. Like there are some, but there's I think there's more failures than not. And this was an era when they were making a lot of basketball movies because basketball had was really coming on popularity wise. Especially by 94, like this would really like we had gone through the first of the Jordan years and like this now the NBA was a, a rocket ship at this point. Mm-hmm. But like people who really hold up the 80s basketball movies. Like Hoosier, Hoosiers is a great movie, but Hoosiers is this old style, you know, plucky, you know, overcome odds and win the big game. And it, it's a great movie, but it is yeah. a very predictable movie. And I don't think that it it's it just does what it does in a really great way. Yeah. The 90s, when you get into those basketball movies, this is now becoming more of a more realistic, more modern idea with this sort of an urban feel to it. This movie, yeah. I guess, is set in L.A., so it's not exactly that, but there is a lot of recruiting in Chicago and Indiana and small yeah. towns, and and then it's like corrupt, and you know, there's all this other going on. So I think that while there were a lot of 90s basketball movies, there's not a lot of really good ones because yeah. they didn't know exactly how to make them. It's funny, because lately I seem to have seen a bunch of these kind of movies, so I'm I was a little surprised that like He Got Game is not a better movie. I really thought it was going to be this is Spike Lee Denzel Washington basketball movie. Yeah. Um, but it spends so much time not on the basketball. And I'm like, I don't really know that this qualifies as a good basketball movie or as anything really. It's fine. It's just way too long. But Blue Chips, I would say it's at least possible you could put this in the conversation of great basketball movies. And again, 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I think, do you think that has to do with the fact that so many of the characters are basketball players and so the acting isn't, I mean, Nick Nolte's amazing. Yeah. Mary McDonald's pretty good in this movie. Um, but other than that, you got a lot of basketball players, right? Yeah, I mean, that that is going to kind of hurt. But the, the pedigree for this movie is as high as any basketball movie, right? Just figure you've got, in the cast, Nick Nolte was nominated for an Oscar, right? He, I think he's nominated for a couple Oscars. Mary McDonald's an Oscar nominee. Alfre Woodard, J.T. Walsh is great. Ed O'Neill is great. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. won an Oscar. Like this is this movie. It was directed by William Friedkin, who was a great director at one time. Like we should clarify, none of those Oscars were for this movie. Uh, Blue Chips was roundly snubbed at the ninety four ah, Oscars. Son of a gun. Uh, as we've talked about in other episodes, the ninety four movie group is so great that it's hard for any other movies to break in. And so Blue Chips had no chance, no chance. Came out in, it came out in February, even if they were trying to be like, well, we should position this for Oscars. They already shot themselves in the foot, putting it out President's Day weekend. It opened, <laughs> it opened with six other movies. Oh no. So it kind of got lost in its own release, but. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that's a shame. So, but going back to Shaq, I actually think Shaq was pretty believable in this movie. Like, I mean, I know he was playing a basketball player and I don't know anything about how close his character's personality was to Shaq's actual personality. I don't, I don't know anything about that, but I thought he was pretty good. He like, he didn't have like a deep character, but he had a couple little character traits. And in his like scenes where he actually did stuff that wasn't just like dunk, which was most of what he did in the movie. Like there was a scene in the, in a class in college where he had to like, he like rebelled and kind of 
talked back to the professor and made a point about the fact that they were in English class, but not reading any African literature and blah, blah, blah. And, and like, he was pretty good. Like, it, it, it wasn't terrible. He was better than Larry Bird, I would say. Yes. Larry Bird does not uh, comport himself well in this film. Uh, he's only in it for one scene, but he's not an actor. Uh, Penny Hardaway brings yeah. nothing to his character, even though he's he's another main character in this movie. Yeah. Bob Cousy, the great Bob Cousy, has a couple scenes, and he's nothing special as oh, an was actor. He the, was he the like the old guy? Yeah, yeah. So Who even just keeps in his, making free throws. Yeah, yeah. Even in his first scene with Nick Nolte, I think I said to you like, uh, well, there's not a lot of great acting going on here. Um, to be yeah. fair, he's like a basketball player and an old man, so that was yeah. probably. Like, and he's playing a character. Like they yeah. gave Bob Cousy a role. Like he's not playing himself. Like you know, Larry Bird or the versions of Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Um, but no, Shaq isn't like a bad, he's not bad. You know, you like, you can make a case that he seems like legitimate as he's got some personality as an yeah. actor. Again, he didn't make a lot of movies, so it's hard to really say where this was going. Yeah. But you know, he made a couple rap albums that must, that must've helped at least kind of be kind of a character to loosen clearly, him up. Clearly a little versatile. I, I never saw Kazam Kazam. 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 Yeah. I never saw Kazam, but like he's not he's straight up playing a genie in that. And so I do wonder what his acting is like. And and look, I know it's hit or miss because I've seen Charles Barkley on SNL and it is so painful to watch. Like yeah. if I never have to see another Charles Barkley SNL episode in my life, I will die a happy woman because yeah. woof, just terrible. Yeah. I mean, to, to really get into the whole history of athletes acting, it, there's, there are people who did you know, have pretty good careers after they were athletes. Jim Brown made a lot of movies. I don't know that you could say he was great in a lot of movies, but he he made a lot of movies and he had some pretty good roles. Fred Williamson was uh, was at the same way, had a lot of acting in the early 70s and and on from there. But I, I don't know, like uh, like Brett Favre and there's something about Mary. That's he's pretty good. <laughs> Dan Marino well, and Ace Ventura. I think the key one that you're missing is the juice, like the juice could act. That, yeah, maybe we shouldn't give OJ too much credit here in the in the episode, but OJ was a pretty good actor. He was in Roots. He was a pretty good actor. Oh, I forget he was in Roots. He does a lot of running. Like he does a lot of OJ stuff, but yeah, he's yeah. in Roots. Yeah. Besides you know? his his great naked gun stuff, he was yeah. he was in things. Yeah. I mean, knowing what we know now and what has happened subsequently, that is a very disorienting part of Roots, where you're like, you know, you're in it, you're observing the story and the character, and then you're like, oh no, oh my god, that's OJ. Yeah. Watching yeah. Roots today is a different experience. Yeah. At least he's only in it a little bit in the Africa part at the beginning, so it's yeah. not so bad. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, athletes, I, I I mean, Michael Jordan's pretty good in Space Jam. I would say Michael Jordan as a basketball player is probably the best actor of this group, but he did a lot of commercials, so that helps. I can't think of another basketball performance that was anything. Ray, I mean, Ray Allen is in He Got Game opposite Denzel, and he's okay. It's nothing special. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know basketball players less than you do. So, so yeah, Jordan is like the one Jordan Shaq and was Barkley ever in anything? Like, why is he always on us? I don't mean to keep coming back to this. It's but. really that just that Barkley is so popular on that, the TNT NBA show oh, God. that like he wins Emmys and stuff for that. Like he's a great, he's great as a talking head. And then yeah. I think he's just so popular that they put him on SNL a couple times. So then question is Kobe, the only basketball player to ever win an Oscar. I mean, I couldn't say for definite that like no basketball player ever produced some random thing, but yeah, Kobe, Kobe might be the only one with the Oscar and, you know, he won the NBA finals. I don't know how to make that acronym to, to work it out for Kobe, <laughs> but yeah, I remember the night Kobe won that Oscar. 
I turned to Sarah and I said, Alfred Hitchcock never won a competitive Oscar. <laughs> Because I was sort of morally outraged that this was happening, but but it was I don't a good know. short. Like it was, it was cool. Yeah. But he won because they won because of Kobe. Like they didn't win because yeah. that was the best cartoon or whatever. It was totally. Funny. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what the other shorts were that year, but I do remember thinking that. Yeah, I don't remember them either. I just remember after we watched them, I was like, oh well, this is probably going to win. So, so can I make one other complaint about blue chips? And I should, I feel like I'm just real critical of the movies we talk about, but one other complaint about Blue Chips, the end, they win the big game, spoiler alert, as you would expect them to, uh, and then the main character, he quits his job because he's morally outraged, although it's a little fuzzy there, right? And so they go through, like, where everyone, like, what happened to everyone, don't include the main female character in the movie. I was very displeased with that. I would I mean, like to know what she did. Did they yeah. get back together or did she continue her? Did she continue to tutor people? Did she go on a trip? I don't know. I want to know what happened to her. I feel like they leave that open just because to just be like, well, her and the coach got back together. They already do the coaches wrap up career wise where he's like coaching at a high school or something. Now the whole end wrap up is kind of cheesy. Like they didn't, they could have cut all of that. They could have yeah. ended it just with him. Like Quitting. teaching the kids how to do stuff and not bother yeah, yeah. with the rest oh, of yeah. that nonsense. Teaching the kids, that, yeah, yeah. So like that, the rest of it all felt pretty superfluous. But I, I don't know what they would have done for her. Her role in the movie, like even Mary McDonald's great, but she doesn't really get anything to do outside of be Nick Nolte's ex-wife. Like she's kind of forgotten in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Alfre Woodard has a much better part, and she's in the movie for two minutes. She does. I yeah yeah. She's yeah. really good in that. Movie. But I mean, yeah, you get Alfre Woodard in there, you're gonna get something, and she she brings a nice performance for the couple minutes that she's there. So yeah. Playing Penny Hardaway's mom, who doesn't do nothing. She's just scamming the system to try to get some get some dough out of this deal. And it works out. Yeah, and she does. Um, yeah. No, I again, like, I realize Blue Chips isn't quite what I've made it up to be in my mind. I just think that the reviews are unnecessarily harsh. Because it's a really fun movie to watch. As much as it's not a technically sound movie in its, like, construction. Do they, like, what is the problem with it? Like, why is it so, why are the ratings so low? I think it's just because it's so extreme, you know, like even even Nolte being as good an actor as he is. And he's a volcanically great performance in this film. I think it's just that there's not a lot of variance in what's going on. It's so all or nothing the whole movie and character other characters turn up. And like as much as I think, again, the actors are really solid, they have to deal with what they've got. And so like J.T. Walsh is terrific as the the head of the alumni association. He's clearly the villain in the movie who's, you know, bringing all this money to, you know, recruit players and, and do all this underhanded stuff. But he has no moment in the movie that's not him just being an oily bastard, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, there are no shades to that character. He's always surrounded by babes and he's yes. always just shitty. And like his, I think the first thing he says to Nick Nolte's character in the movie is, why do you hate me so much? That's yeah. his first line. And you're yeah. like- it's, so the movie's really extreme, and I think that's part of the problem. But I think the movie works because, again, Freakin is a pretty solid director. This isn't exactly the type of movie that he was best known for. Like, in the 70s, he made The French Connection, and he made The Exorcist, and he made great movies, and then sort of loses his way, and I think started earning paychecks. But he still has a, you know, a good director's sensibility, and he's surrounded himself with a lot of good actors to make this movie. So I think that overcomes it, and that makes the movie fun. But I can see where you would kind of look at it and be like, I think the reason that Rotten Tomatoes is what it is is because Rotten Tomatoes is a plus or a minus. Like, it's just, would you recommend this movie or not? Yeah. I think this is just at that edge where it's like, I guess I would, you know? Like, if you say a six and a half out of 10 is a yes and a six out of 10 is a no, I feel like it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
And yeah, I think that that's quite, that might be the problem. The thing that I think this movie would have benefited from is like a little more humor, right? Like it's a big, like a lot of energy, a lot of yelling, a lot of blah, blah, blah. But there is no humor in this movie at all. No, no, there's no jokes. It's not, no. I think that Nick Nolte's like stuff he does, his antics are kind of funny. And so that's why the, I think, again, the first five minutes of the movie are great because he is just, yeah. he's all Bobby Knight, like the whole beginning of the movie. And that is yeah. kind of amusing, but no, there's not really jokes in the movie. And you, part of that could also be because again, the actors are basketball players who are on screen yeah. most of the times. So. Yeah. I don't even mean just jokes though. It, the dialogue isn't really all that clever. And, and I don't think, I don't think it's that amusing. I think it's energetic. And I think it's like when he's yelling at the beginning, it's kind of entertaining. But as you go through the movie, it is just like a plot and it just kind of delivers the plot. Yeah. And I think a little bit of cleverness would have maybe made it better. Yeah. Again, the, the plot of the movie becomes a pretty serious thing. Like besides just, we're going to, form a basketball team and win games like it really is about yeah. point shaving and it's about you know rec illegal recruiting and stuff which is yeah. you know kind of a tough subject then to bring a lot of levity into here's the other thing i don't get about the movie though like he has this moral issue with the illegal recruiting he thinks the point shaving didn't happen when he finds out it did he's very upset he's willing to lie to people readily throughout the entire film so his moral like line is a little bit questionable but i thought like part of the driving plot of the movie was that the reason they couldn't get players is because all the other schools were doing these things so one that means i don't understand why at the end they were banned for the tournament from th for 3 years because they can't be the only school that was found out and two, if he's really someone who's willing to lie to people all the time, you then expect me to believe that he's not going to go along with doing something wrong that other people are also doing, right? Like, I think that's the part that that made the, the driving part of the plot a little questionable for me because I didn't understand where his objection came from, given the other parts of his character and the way they constructed the rest of the story. I could see that. I mean, I think the thing is that the lies he tells during the course of the movie, outside of him lying to his ex-wife and saying that he didn't do illegal recruiting, that is, and that does create a real problem between those characters by the end of the movie. But otherwise, it's mostly him, like, lying about his religion so that, like, the basketball player's parents will be, like, more cool with him, like, going with their kids to, like, you know, play basketball and this and that. And so that I don't think is quite so bad. I think it's just that he has this like moral compass as far as we're going to try to do this the right way basketball wise. The other thing about it was that because they have so many real coaches playing themselves, I think the movie couldn't then make it seem like they were doing this. So even though they keep saying like other schools do this, they're trying not to make the point that these specific people were doing it because these oh, were all active coaches. Yeah. So I think that's part of like, the problem with the construction of the movie because you have Rick Pitino and you have Bobby Knight, Jim Boeheim, uh, Jerry Tarkanian are all in it as themselves. So they couldn't then turn around and be like, Oh, well, these guys were are also there to buy these players. So I think it's supposed to be more of a general idea. Not that. Um, and like, also if you like seeing any little bit of basketball at this, in this era, there were schools that were getting banned for doing things like this. There are a lot of teams that had to vacate championships and stuff because of these sorts of violations over the years. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not think about the connection between like coaches that are active, actual coaches and the plot line of the movie and how and that contrast. I don't think it, like if I were Jim Beheim or Bobby Knight, I don't know that they drew that line strong enough for me to, you know, I'm surprised that they 
they did the movie honestly with that but that is that is interesting i did not think about it that way i think that's why it's constructed the way it is now you only see patino and bobby knight coaching other teams but you do see this group of coaches who keeps going around scouting but there's no real implication that they're doing anything illegal they're just supposed to be scouting it's yeah. only after that trip is over that then uh, coach bell is along with let's pay the players and get them on the team i think yeah. that's the reason why that's constructed yeah, the way it is but it, it's a little it's a little yeah. hazy it's a little big yeah. Okay. So to wrap up our blue chips situation here, where does this rank roughly on the list of things that Shaq launched in 1994? I mean, it's sort of more that Shaq was everywhere in 94 than that he did any one thing particularly great. He was really effective in a lot of areas. The fact that he had an album come out that went gold and, and he had an album from the previous year go platinum in the same year and he wrote a book and he had a video game and he led the league in field goal percentage and all of this was in the same year that i feel like it was a big miss that we did an episode about jim carrey and tim allen having great years where Shaq clearly had the best year ever right <laughs> well i here's where i think we went wrong we geared that episode around three Z's, right? Someone had three great successes and Shaq had five, seven. I don't even, I, don't, I can't even fully count yeah. how many. So many. I mean, it's multi-hyphenate. He's too far beyond what we were dealing with in the other episode to really realistically yeah. include him. But I do feel like we we owe him an apology for not mentioning him in the last one. So uh, it's a shame. No, great, great run. Yeah, 1994 yeah. was a good year. I think that about does it for Shaq. What, uh, what do you think? I mean, I think we really shacked up. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, no. Puns? Puns? Not bad. Way I to go. Was- Rapunzel? <laughs> Amen. I think it was pretty good. I mean, look, we talked about Shaq. We talked about how great Shaq is. What uh, What was your favorite element of the Shaq 1994? Was it the video game? Was it Shaq Attack? Was it Blue Chip? T- it is a tough call. I mean, honestly, I think my favorite part is the the culmination of all of Shaq. Like, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that book, and I'm going to do that video game, and I'm going to do that movie, and I'm going to play that those basketball games. Like, he was in on everything. So, like, his commitment and persistence is probably what I'm most impressed by. This has continued on his whole career, basically, is that he is available for basically anything you want. And I heard yeah. someone once say that Shaq makes commercials like he owes somebody money. When you know, like, Shaq played for, like, 15, 20 years, right? He, he made a fortune. But why does he do so many general commercials? Does he have, like, a coke habit or something? Or like a, He's got a gambling problem? Does he have, or... like, 100 kids? I don't think he has that many kids, right? I mean, he's real tall. Maybe his pants are real expensive. Maybe. Maybe. Those shoes. Those shoes might be, like, 10 grand a piece. Could be. Could yeah. Be. I don't know, but for some reason, Shaq to this day, an omnipresent figure in our lives. He is in commercials for the general. He is the big Aristotle himself. Can you can you go through some of Shaq's nicknames for us? Oh, I sure can. And it, we're going to be here a while because there are a lot of them. Oh, boy. Let's go. Wilt Chamberneasy. Well, Superman, I think that's it then. Diesel. Thanks for tuning in, MDE, everybody. Most uh, appreciate it. Ever. LCL, Last Center Left, Osama Bin Chak, The Big Deporter. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all relevant social media. Thanks. The Ring Bearer, 
The Big Journeyman, Hobo Master, Shaq Fu, The Big Daddy, The Big Agave, The Big Shaktus, The Big Galactus, The Big Barishnikov, The Real Deal, The Big Shamrock, The Big Leprechaun, Shakovic, The Big Conductor.